0: So welcome back to another episode of Ayamo Radio. It is currently seven o'clock. It's your girl, Seven Soldier, and we are live on Spotify Green Room, but nonetheless, back at it again, okay? So today we're going to be talking about African ancestral veneration. And for folk who don't know what African ancestral veneration is, it is an indigenous practice of honoring your elders who have passed on and who have reached ancestorhood. And to be clear, all elders who pass don't necessarily become ancestors if they do not live purposely or principled lives. And it is those ancestors who live purposeful and principled lives that are able to guide us on our journeys through life, who have a main goal of literally helping us fulfill our purpose and reach our divine destiny. Now, these ancestors, they dwell in the spirit realm and they act as messengers for the creator. And it is these messages that they send and the guidance that they give that is meant to strengthen you, strengthen your bloodline, help you work through karmic debt, help you break any spells or curses placed on you by your environment or the things around you. To know your ancestors is to also know thyself. And the process of honoring your ancestors is indeed the process of you getting to know your travels, your family's travels, and your ancestors are literally your team. Your ancestors are your team who have a sole mission of guiding, protecting, of guiding, of protecting you. They guide you. And they knew you before you came on Earth. And it is why this is connection is so vital and important to all African traditional religions, because it is understood that if you are to know yourself, you are to have to know your people, know your travels, dwell with those who are righteous, who are also walking that path, and essentially do what, you're, what you came here to do. So I'm super grateful for this conversation mainly because I felt like our ancestors played a major role in this connection. And at the very least, okay, they are beyond happy that we made this connection because I literally felt the resonance and the happiness within myself and them as me and Aiden spoke, it was so wild. So today we are just gonna keep the ball rolling and talk about how we as diasporic Africans who are currently in the U.S. are coming back to ancestral veneration or African spiritual traditions. So before we begin, I want to introduce my guests, or how about this? I want my guests to introduce themselves. Okay.
1: Um. Hello, everyone. My name is Aiden Simone. I am 23 years old. I'm from PG, Maryland. I am a freelance creative. Um, I work in creative film, creative writing, creative marketing. Yeah, I'm currently studying mobile app and web design. But yes, I'm excited to be here today and talk about ancestral veneration and how it has impacted my life. And now I'm going to let Tayuka lead us in our conversation. So for us to begin, I want us
0: to talk about, right, you know, how did you grow up spiritually or religiously and how did you get introduced to ancestral veneration?
1: Okay, so um, growing up... My parents, well, my mother, so I'm adopted for one. I just want to say that um, my birth mother, she's Ethiopian. she came to America when she was eighteen. She is Orthodox Christian. Um, my adoptive parents, I was adopted by my aunt and my uncle. So my birth dad's sister, he's she's the one that took me in because my parents are mentally ill. They um are bipolar and schizophrenic. Um, so they weren't able to take care of me basically as a child so my adoptive parents are Christian they are like evangelist Christian you know black folk they um raised me in the church uh I went to you know the church by um in Bowie by six Flags Evangelists. Yes. yes I know yeah, big, big church no. with the big windows and they had a the big place yes I went to that church I remember going there growing up like but like, I never really felt that connected to Christianity. Like I would have my own spiritual moments. Like I definitely always believed in God. My mom always made me say my prayers before I went to sleep and before I ate and things like that. But I didn't really feel a connection to the religion itself. Um, You know, I would fall asleep in church as a kid, you know, that's just kid stuff though. You know, you're not that engaged yet. So then she started eventually sending me upstairs where they had, um, Bible study school and I think I was like I came in late or something like that but I never felt that comfortable there like I just felt like I was it was like a school another school like I was just given homework assignments about the Bible characters and this and that and I was just I just still didn't feel a connection you know I was told about the you know the story of Genesis Adam and Eve and all that and I just always had questions I was always left with questions and like in that religion they tell you not to question God and like, this is what it is. So, you know, it's kind of like fear-based and I didn't, that didn't really sit well with me. And I was always still yearning for a stronger spiritual connection. Um, as I grew up into my teen years, like in my teen years, I remember like not even like dealing with, not even believing in a God for like a hot second, like not, not believing in God, but just you know, just having questions and being unsure about everything, not really having a solid spiritual relationship with God, because um, I didn't really have a solid relationship with myself or with you know my ancestors or my grandparents. You know, I always went to funerals growing up and stuff like that, but I just felt a void, like I didn't feel a connection. So that was really like my upbringing when it comes to religion and spirituality. There was always just like some sort of disconnection, but I kind of always um felt like there was a god and I, that i i had a chance to connect with god cuz i i would have my moments where i would be you know like oh, okay i know god got me you know and then i would have my moments like mm, i don't i don't know i'm not too sure but um yeah that's kind of like how that went as far as my spirituality growing up i've definitely heard
0: some similar you know like I guess, like, journeys and stories where you grow up and you just feel, like, disconnected, you know, from God, from what you've been told. Because what you've been told, it doesn't resonate with, essentially, like, what you see, right? So, I can definitely see... Exactly. you know and understand where you're coming from so you know how did you get introduced to ancestral veneration when did it start or what what are some of your first interactions with ancestral veneration and how did it get you to where you are now
1: okay so I feel like my ancestral veneration journey is like pretty new actually like um so well as far as the veneration part um honor realizing that I have ancestors that are active um my first encounter was when I was like eight years old um my meemaw passed away and she wasn't even necessarily my blood relative but she took care of me a lot when I was a baby she was like my babysitter daycare like I used to she had a close relationship with um my mom her daughter is like really close with my sister my older sister. So that was like, she was like a family member to me, like an ancestor, um, an elder. So at the funeral, I remember the pastor, he had mentioned her like in the sermon as like her being a butterfly, basically, like, like he metaphorically like mentioned her as a butterfly and now she's a butterfly and she's going to transition and stuff like that. And at the time, at that age, I didn't really understand it. I knew what he was talking about, like, you know, but. I just didn't take it as literal, you know what I'm saying? And so when we got home, I pulled into the, we pulled into the driveway. I'm like always the last one to get out of the car. I take forever. Even then, back back then. So my parents and stuff, they had already gotten in the house. And I got out the car and I like, as I closed the door and was heading in the house, like literally like a monarch butterfly just started fluttering around me, like flying around me. And I just thought it was so ironic as a kid because the pastor literally had just mentioned my mima as a butterfly. And at that time I did hear about like reincarnation stuff like that. So it was just a seed that had already been planted into my head. So that was the first encounter I feel like I had with an ancestor now that I've processed it as I'm older. Um, The second couple of times throughout my like early twenties, like 19, like I was going through a bunch of stuff, you know, like becoming of a woman, you know, Things like that, boy problems, you know, school, friends, all that kind of stuff. And I just felt like I was going through a dark place. Um, I actually even became depressed like my last year of college. Um, And I was like right not too long before the pandemic happened, but I was into numerology and astrology. That's how I kind of got started with my ancestral journey again, my spiritual journey again. I started following different, like, spiritualists on Twitter, like, astrologers and, like, African spiritualists, and they would tweet different messages and readings that they would do, and they, like, started resonating. They were like, "Um, if you're this sign, uh, your spirit guides may be trying to send you a message this week through, like, dragonflies or through moths or butterflies, and I was like, hmm, okay, and yes, it was the summer, but I remember being at Fort Washington Park one day. I was just out in the grass cuz I I'm, I'm a film producer so we were supposed to be um shooting that day. We were shooting that day. And I was over at the park. And no, we weren't shooting, we were scouting for the location to shoot at. But literally it was like a couple of days before I seen the tweet, it was like literally a dragonfly and two butterflies that was fluttering around me. It was a big open space. And they could have went anywhere else, and it just started coming to me and fluttering around me. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like when I was eight years old. This is like the tweet that I just saw." So, one thing was synchronicities; those kept happening, like numerology numbers.
2: Mm. And
1: like a couple of summers ago, I felt like it was a shift. Like a whole bunch of people started getting into the numerology, like two two two. Everybody changing their Instagram and Twitter to like four 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 two 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 seven, seven, seven. Like I'm just seeing a whole bunch of it. And I think other people were too, but that was like my peak of when I started to really think, okay, so this stuff is really happening. It's not just all in my head. Like my ancestors are real. My spirits are real. And so I followed this one particular girl on Twitter. I, for, I meant to find her. I was trying to search her up, but I couldn't find her um, at name because I forgot it, but she is a African um priestess and she got divinated like she went through the whole process and she tweets about ancestral veneration and how you should honor your ancestors and how you can set up an altar and things like that and that's when I really started like searching it up and getting into it and I was like wow and it was funny because not funny but when since I was little like I always I don't know I was I was a bit scared of like the unseen, like scared of the dark, run through the hallways to turn on the light, like scared of ghosts, scared of scary movies, like just scared of anything that has to do with the unseen, the the supernatural, you know, like the spiritual realm. But I always was still interested in it, even though I had a fear. Um, so it's funny because once I started researching ancestral veneration, things like that and how. You know, souls just don't die like we as people just don't come on here and just vanish like our souls definitely live on. We definitely evolve um, after our physical living state. So that kind of helped me um, erase my fear of the spiritual realm and fear of my ancestors maybe being deceased and um, having a connection with them and things like that. So that was really my um, start of how I started getting into ancestral veneration. And things like that. Also, I used to see shows on like E. What's that show? E E News. What's that channel? I don't know. But E News,
0: the like something. the celebrity, was, like the celebrity. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what did they, they have on have there? Like,
1: <laughs> Girl, they used to have like shows with like different mediums, and they would come and like. Oh yes, and like say like they would connect with the um their answer. This yeah, spirit the spirits and like yeah, and I never knew if it was real or fake, but I always felt like. Mm, I kind of like it. Opened my eyes to a couple things, basically.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, that really reminded me of like the, some of the some of the shows that I watched. I forgot the name of the show, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It was like a white woman, and yes. like she would be going yes. to the different families. Girl, yes. <laughs> I knew that growing up. It's so funny that you bring it up because it's like so many instances throughout our childhoods that, and as growing up, that we realize oh. like or that we notice or it's more so attracted to like mm-hmm. more spiritual or esoteric or just like mystical shows like it's so wild because even when I think about like right. Harry Potter exactly. <laughs> or, or even the show that, that you Literally. talked about or just like so many different shows
1: and if you watch the new Spider-Man um what's that what's the character gosh he just was at the uh let me look. I have to look him up real quick. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Girl,
0: it's so crazy because you begin to notice, you know, throughout your life, like, wow, I low key have always been attracted to like esoteric or mystical studies and and just like just mystical, Dang. mystical things, regardless of you know where where what culture they may come from. You feel me? But that that attraction to magic, it, it's always been there. And I definitely resonate with you on that because. I was the same way, and I used to watch that show, and I definitely felt like it was true because you can see when someone truly feels or has a situation resonate to them or in their life, you know, like, you can just tell, you know, versus someone, like, Mm -hmm. acting or joking, and I always felt like the, the truth that the woman would speak, she... She, they she, they knew, you know. So I definitely I definitely remember that show, and I definitely love right. that show. It was another show that I used to love to call like uh, Ghost Whisperer. Do you remember, that? girl? I yes, loved. I love, yes. it. I I love, love that. that show. I think I might start binge watching it. I love that show, and it's so funny. Again, think about it in hindsight because that's something that you low key. Do when you when you practice ancestral veneration, but it's not as like spooky, Literally. you know, as people would make it right. seem. It's actually very much like a heartfelt, you know, feeling. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, Literally. so it's just it's, it's, it's interesting and it's wow. And I definitely also feel you on like the shift that happened. You feel me? Like some mm. months ago, where folk were like getting into like Ooh. spirituality and spirituality and astrology, and you know, people just started to get into Mm -hmm. it more and I think that was us coming into also like the age of Aquarius we're in the age of Aquarius now but yes girl I feel you can can feel it you felt Mm -hmm. it you felt folk really like coming into this new world coming into this new wave you know of like thinking and just living and being and you see folk asking questions and you see folk being like okay like so what do i believe in you know like mm-hmm. what what community am i a part of you know like how do i really feel about life and myself and my connection to right. god like you definitely felt that shift and it was definitely in like 2020 for sure it was definitely like when i feel like when the pandemic hit yes. i feel like mm-hmm. it it was more than just we're in a pandemic it was literally like a spiritual shift and like like a train like we just hopped on a train you know like we're really like on like we're literally in a portal that's how I looked right. at it or that's and how I began to look at it when it first started because I'm like damn like I don't think that us coming into this pandemic and then kind of like just this, this shift overall in my life the things I'm thinking about the things I'm questioning the things that's happening it just all seems so mystical right you know yeah yeah I feel you but what was the what was the spider-man the spider-man don't you was talking about doctor strange so wait what's up with doctor strange
1: so he's a character listen I'm not even like a Marvel kind of girl like I don't watch superhero movies like that like I've watched Iron Man Batman I love me some Harry Potter though but I watch (laughs) I watch Iron Man (laughs) I watched Batman before and the first spider-man movie but this is the most recent one i watched because it was like so hyped up and i wanted to see it but this was actually a good movie like even if you haven't seen the movies before like you guys got, might got to go with somebody that knows because they got to whisper in your ear like certain characters because <laughs> i didn't know who that was but dr right. strange is a superhero on there who does magic he literally like they came to him for help so he could like spider-man i don't want to tell the movie if y'all haven't
0: seen <laughs> it. y'all have look look we gotta left this is a disclaimer this is a disclaimer <laughs> if you're going to continue listening for the next minute or so you're going to know about the story if you don't want to hear
1: it skip past <laughs> so like dr strange who was he was like a former neurosurgeon basically and he is the sorcerer supreme he's basically like the most powerful human sorcerer on earth he like lived in a mansion and he's like magical he basically can like do anything like they came to him to reverse time so they could hop back into time and to do certain stuff and it was so funny because he had to do a spell in order to reverse the time and while he was doing the spell spider-man kept asking him to change it like oh can you change the spell so that um they can remember who i am like only my family can remember who i am but everybody else can't remember like and it was so funny cuz the spell had clashed because he kept changing it while he was trying to do it and i was like this is so funny because magic is so real and spells are real and this is in a movie people probably yes. think it's fake but it's real like art really imitates life like it's just funny just it was like i don't know he he ended up being yes. my favorite superhero in the movie <laughs> yes
0: no is no is real though even when we think about like spells and like um, just like magic in general mm-hmm. right like folk have to realize like when you partake some people you you shouldn't how about this you know anything that you do right as a human being is it's, is in like an mm-hmm. act okay It it is magic okay because you are embodying Literally. the creator okay you are powerful within who you are and within your essence so anything that you do can essentially be seen as a spell or a manifestation of some kind right uh, of that power you know but when we get into folk actually Literally. practicing you know different forms of like magic and like putting spells on people engaging with stuff like that that's when folk have to be like you got to take a step back because you because because it like you said like things backfire and if you don't know what right, you're exactly. doing and you aren't taking your time to you know really learn or if you are doing things just per, for petty individual game because that's essentially what spider-man was doing it it was more so for mm-hmm. his own petty and exactly. individual game like life is magic but when you start to use it for your own petty and individual game it can get messy and you know we see folk acro- all across the world from all different kinds of cultures you know partaking in you know certain you know magical practices not realizing that the things that you do and the right. things that you conjure up they have consequences so you have to be mindful so yeah. that's a, that's a that's a lesson within itself okay definitely
1: yep and on my spiritual journey with like ancestral generation I had to learn like your ancestors are not your genies. They are not your fairy godmothers. They are not okay. there for your for your only for your servitude. Like they are there for you to work together in order to help your lineage, help the people around you, help yourself. Like you don't you don't just go to your altar. Oh, I want, I want a million dollars because I want a million dollars and I want a Louis Vuitton and I want this. Ancestors help me. No, like you have to work on yourself. They, they'll help you. Yes. They'll help you so that you can. Figure out what you need to do in order to work, to gain, to get that million dollars. They might place people in your life that open doors and opportunities for you in order to get that million dollars. But they're not your genie, okay? Like it's not, it's not given that's not how it works exactly and it's it's
0: true and i'm glad that you said that because i think that you know folk even when they think about spirituality in general right it's this conversation or even like african spiritual traditions or like african traditional religions sometimes folk go into researching it with this need for petty gain you know and and it's these individualistic goals and intentions and it can backfire you know, and, and it and it, it can backfire because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. that's not what your ancestors are there for. You feel me? Now, if you want to engage in those kind of of kinds of practices again, like you know, you you be mindful because that is real. But when it comes to ancestral veneration, right? Your ancestors are not genies, and they can show you and guide you the way but that doesn't mean that you know you can't or you're not going to have to do work and this work isn't isn't it isn't easy work right right you know it it is a process of you you know engaging in shadow work it's a process of you looking at yourself it's a process of you looking at your family it's a process of you you know realizing who you are actualizing your gifts right being honest about you know where you're going or what you want out of life actually making you question shit you may say oh i want a million dollars i want to be a millionaire and your ancestors may come to you and be like baby you're not meant to be a millionaire that's not your path you're actually meant to do x y and z And they may not blatantly tell you that right they may put somebody in your path that if you are right is meant to teach you about financial literacy or teach you about ways that you can get into your craft and make this amount of money and become stable or it can be you can be someone that teaches you about something that you've always wanted to learn more about and that leads you down a path that you never would have thought of right but it's like like you said you know we really have to understand that our ancestors are not genies in the bottle that's not how we have to look at them they're literally 18. They're literally our family. And just like your sister or your grandma or your aunt, if they were living, they'll say, Baby, that person ain't good for you. Or baby, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. Wait, pull, hold up, wait. You should think about where you need to go. Wait, do you know if that mm-hmm. job is ready for you? How do you really feel about this job and this career? Like, it's no different. It's yeah. no different. Like your your if your grandmother or your aunt was living, you couldn't just Give them a million and be like, "Give me a million dollars." So it's the same. It's the same. It's the same way. So I'm glad you 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 put it like that because it's true. And we see a lot of folk who are getting into practice or who are curious about it who are more so thinking about it like you know, in a in a um very individualistic and petty way. And that is never like the 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 what's the word I'm looking for. The roots or like the philosophy of African spiritual traditions, majority of the traditions and at the root of our philosophies, African spiritual philosophies is, you know, the collective, you feel is harmony, justice, peace, right? And understanding yourself in connection to the collective, not just you, right? So to get into like the next part of our conversation, um how has ancestral veneration since practicing it? How has it, you know, changed your life? How has it changed
1: you? <sighs> um okay, well, I feel like since practicing ancestral veneration, um I have become so much more grounded um within myself. I have done so much shadow work like I feel like Ever since I don't know, like since I first started my spiritual journey, like before I even knew about the term ancestral veneration, I feel like I was still <laughs> like on my um, journey with my
0: yeah, right yeah course. i was
1: still I was still on my journey with my ancestors and feeling them and feeling their um feeling them guide me feeling them because they can guide us through the content that we see, like through what we come across on social media, through whatever person that we may meet that may give us a good message and change our perspective through television. Like literally like I kept coming into instances where I was getting those confirmations, whether it be on the radio when I hear something that's so ironic that, that, that that's the time that I needed to hear yes. that or whether I come across an article or a somebody on social media that I'm that end up me meeting and having a relationship with like friendship business anything like I started to notice um my manifestations coming through like literally once I like if I needed to if I stayed in a toxic relationship or I allowed myself to you know uh, I neglected my feelings or my peace or my needs and I finally found the courage to leave that I, I would notice literally blessings coming in my life like it sounds so stereotypical or so cliche but literally like once I free up space from someone or something that was holding me back literally like my manifestations will come in like and once I practice the art of manifestation which right. is you know of course having faith praying on it um, writing down my plans writing down my affirmations um, and then actually putting forth the effort and um, the action towards what I wanted it it seemed like it came so easily so I feel like it wasn't just a oh god please I want this oh god please can you do this it was a mixture of all of that like I literally like I remember when I was in school in college right before I had went through my whole little depression and then pandemic happened and I never went back um literally I had a class. I always remember her, Professor Myrick. She was one of my favorite professors because it was a business class. But we talked about she literally had us do um, affirmation journals and we had to bring in our affirmation journal to class. And she literally told us to write down what we want to manifest, but like in the sense of it already being here. So, like, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Or So my manifestation was I wanted to start my own beauty organization at school. And so I will write in my journal, I am grateful for have, being able to start my own organization. I'm grateful for this, this, this. And we literally wrote that down like every day. And what that did was like basically plant the seed in my head to make that come true. I literally figured out the steps of what it took. I submitted my application and then I let it go. I was like at first anticipating it like waiting for my school's um, feedback on whether or not our organization got um approved and literally eight months went by like after that first two months I was like you know what If if it comes if I get it I get it if I don't I don't my intention was put out there my effort was put out there and literally in eight months I got an email saying like your student organization has been approved. You have, like, Love Yours is Real, and it's called Love Yours. And basically, it was an organization to get all the girls and guys or whoever on campus who was into the beauty segment. Like, if you did hair, nails, lashes, if you sold cosmetics, if you did anything regarding beauty or self-care, Um You could be in an organization and, you know, network and share skills and all this. We had events and everything. So that was one major, like, realization of God and my ancestors working with me because I felt like I was in such a dark place. But something that I wanted, like, came true, basically. And other things started happening for me. Like, I started to network and, like, DM certain people and follow certain people. Uh, a bunch of people that were into financial literacy, into business, into real estate, into tech. And I feel like I started just connecting with more people who are educating me on a bunch of different stuff. And I don't know, I started to get a different, different perspective because at the time I felt kind of stuck like with college, with school, like I wasn't happy in school. I wasn't happy with my classes. I felt like I was spending a whole bunch of money going into debt, not knowing what I wanted to do. But during that time, I kept meeting people that was confirming, like, I can take a different path. I don't have to take, you know, the traditional route. I can still be successful. I can pursue my passions. And all while going through it, all while going through like bumpy relationships and, you know, bumpy relationships with my parents and everything, I was still getting that self confirmation while also still doing shadow work. Like, it was not pretty. Trust me. Like, I used to have nightmares about certain people and situations and just going through the, like, going through that dark space. Like, I felt alone, you know, like, you don't really want to tell everyone. Of course, some of your closest friends know, like, what you go through, but you don't really want to always talk about it all the time, and sometimes you don't even, you're not even able to, so I definitely cried a lot. That's, like, a very spiritual thing for me, like, crying, oh, my God, like, that release of energy is really something, like, I used to, like, think of my showers as, like, a spiritual thing, and they are actually now. Like, I would literally go in and play music and, like, purposely cry just so I could, like, let certain emotions out because... I literally couldn't even function, like go to class, like without thinking about certain things or like feeling depressed. You know, like I just felt down, like I couldn't even focus or have the energy towards what I wanted to do. I just felt like I was just at school, just wasting a bunch of money, just wasting my life away. But once I started praying, like praying that my my emotions were regulated, praying that I could just heal day by day, praying for like things to heal me, such as music. You know, videos. I remember I was so down. I started Googling, like, how to not be sad and shit like that. Like, that is (laughs) hilarious right now. But once I really started doing that and, like, expressing to my God and whoever, like, I was just like, anybody, somebody, ancestors, angels, somebody, like, I need help because people can't help me right now. Like, I don't even feel strong enough to go to, like, a therapist, my school therapist. Like, it was just a lot. So I feel like developing, doing that shadow work and developing that spiritual relationship with myself. Like, and having to pull myself out of that dark space really allowed me to develop a stronger relationship with God, with my angels, my ancestors. And later on, I realized my ancestors is the one I really need to be tapping in with because before it was more so like generic. I didn't know who I was praying to, honestly. Like I didn't know if I'm like, if I was talking to Jesus, I didn't know who I was talking to, but I knew that I had a relationship with a higher power. And I, I realized through research and finding those people on social media, spiritualists and African priests and things like that, that um through my ancestors, I can feel more connected and feel more grounded because they're literally a part of me. They're a part of my DNA. They walk so I could walk literally like they worked hard. They go through their own trauma, which still affects me literally and everyone else. So, you know, that was really the the bonding thing right there for my ancestors. And I really grew a great appreciation for them. I, I have a great appreciation for them and honor for them because I'm helping them and they helping me like I'll even go in the shower when I rub Epsom salt on my body, like I close my eyes and I breathe as as if I'm my grandma. I wash my feet as if I'm my grandma, because I know she didn't like they were like a little poor, like back in the day, like they didn't have running hot water. They didn't have, you know, showers. So I just venerate them like that. You know, I think about them daily and my actions and my choices, you know. And I just try to be better every day. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being, you know, oh, so you don't have to label yourself as a spiritualist or all holy, mighty, because some people get caught up in that. You know, you're human and your ancestors were human. So I'm just so grateful and just grounded and just, you know, I have my ups and my downs, but that's the beauty of it. Like you work through it together, basically.
0: Yes, that is absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think what really had me like, "Mm," like, yes, is hearing you speak about how when you take a shower, you, you know, wash Mm -hmm. your body with Epsom salt, you scrub your body with Epsom salt, you scrub your feet as if you are your ancestors, as if you are your grandmother who may have not had the opportunity or the ability to care for herself in that way like that's really powerful and even even me speaking it and and hearing it I feel like you know my ancestors are are here like yes that that is a very powerful way for you to venerate your ancestors and I think that that's something that I I feel like doesn't get talked about enough you know we talk about altars right we talk about you know going to your altar and prayer and it is most definitely Mm -hmm. a sacred space right but our actions and how we Mm -hmm. take care of ourselves is also an act of us honoring our ancestors, right? It's also an act of us giving them praise and sending them love, you know, for the things that they went through, because we are now able to, and and us loving on ourselves, we are also loving on them. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. It really is. And I feel like that speaks to what this practice really is, you know, about it's about us truly like loving ourselves and lifting ourselves up because our ancestors right. our spirits and our guys want us to walk with our heads high and they want us to to feel proud of who we are to to feel grounded in who we are and not only that they want us to know you feel me ourselves and feel a sense of Pride and who we are, and confidence. You know, they want us to value ourselves and us valuing ourselves. We value them, right? You know, like that's important. If we don't value ourselves or value our life, then that means that we didn't value their work or their lives or the things that they did to get us here. You feel me? So, the best thing that we could do, even if you don't have a space to have an altar, is to honor yourself and to engage in, in that beautiful practice. It's, it's those actions and forms of practice that really call us home, you know? And we think that, you know, being called home and being called to African ancestral practices is right. us. Sometimes, right, Is us joining a particular African spiritual tradition, right? Or going to a particular house. And if that is a part of your path, then of course it's going to come. But I feel like that true work and that true love that and that true support, that we all seek starts with us building that spiritual relationship with ourselves and knowing that in us doing that work on ourselves we are also doing work with our ancestors and you doing shadow work on yourself you're also uncovering things that were passed down to you right ideas that were passed down to you that may not have been true to who you to who you are and who you're becoming and who they were these pains that we sometimes feel they they aren't always our own right? You know, I I remember one time when I was in school because it's so interesting because when I was in college, I also, Mm -hmm. I went through a lot in college. Some people like, oh, college was the best four years of my life. I was in college like, baby, I know this ain't it. (laughs) I was like, I know this is not it. And I definitely feel you as well on feeling like you were alone. You couldn't talk to people about what you were going through, like crying a lot and just like going through so much mentally and spiritually. And I think that it's also important mm-hmm. to note that in, you know, indigenous traditions, you know, our mental health and our spiritual health, they were intertwined. You know, when you when you were going through something mentally nine times out of ten it had a deep connection to what you were going through spiritually so i find it interesting that you know in you going through a, a a depression and a depressive stage in your life it was you you know crying being in connection with your ancestors and prayer and showers right that helped you you know reconcile that because these are also you know African spiritual practices you crying people may not look at that as being like girl that's just crying you know our people because of you know trauma and from enslavement from from colonialism from the western world has taught us like oh crying is a sign of weakness or you're crazy if you cry so much all of these ridiculous things but you know to cry is actually a form of reconciliation in African spiritual traditions to cry is a form right. of cleansing because the, that is water water is sacred you feel me the, to to be that's why even in, in even in christian traditions right especially in um african christian traditions um we see right. baptism being so important because we recognize from our tribals that water was a form of you know you blessing yourself while right? you cleansing yourself so to cry is the same process Right. So like, girl, I feel you on every day being like, I'm going to cry this out and I'm actually going to cry this out in the shower so we can do a devil cleanse. Stop playing. 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 Like, yeah, I feel I feel you. And and it's beautiful because I think that with ancestral veneration and I feel like for a lot of people who are of African descent who are getting into this practice, sometimes we don't even realize how much our journeys and our past and the things we do are actually very, very um, spiritual, African or indigenous, right? We don't realize that the things that we are drawn to, you like, we don't realize that taking a a, a shower and crying, right? Or or feeling most comfortable underwater in a bath is a practice that our African ancestors did, you know, as a form of what we call spiritual bathing. You know, so it's like it's these different practices that really, really, really make make a world of difference. It makes a world of difference in and how we live and how how we see our life and ourselves. And I'm so I'm so grateful for for you and even, you know, your ancestors and this practice and the creator for for permeating all things and and creating this this like this electromagnetic like this metaphysical this this place right to where we can actually be in connection spiritually right. Right? Mm-hmm. with with those who have passed that is so beautiful only only god can create yes. such a relationship or such a system or science like that you get what i'm saying it's just like when you think about it like wow
1: it's crazy Mm-hmm. it's like I amaze myself each time I feel like I it's so funny because it's some I've had so many instances since I've been you know doing this to where I felt like I literally got a message instantly like from my ancestors or from God or from my spirit team like it's it's crazy like it's not I, that, I feel like that's the only word I can say right now because no I understand like, I completely understand unexplainable like when you have that moment like I can't let me see what's the moment one of my most recent moments um I was going through it because of another lost you know relationship or whatever not even on a intimate romantic level but I was in I was not feeling good about it at all it was consuming my mind it was was weighing down my energy I was anxious um like jittery you know like just couldn't really function that well like my normal self and I was getting ready I was brushing my teeth every morning and ever since I've been um started this I've trying to, like, create a morning routine for myself because I also, one of my epiphanies throughout this summer, my spiritual epiphanies was that I have ADHD. You know, that's one of the also things that I was struggling with that I felt, like, crippled me throughout my life and a lot of things I didn't realize that it was. Um, So, once I, I forgot where I was going with that. Wow, once I brought up the ADHD. Hey, that's so ADHD of me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm cracking up. You're funny, girl. It is okay. Okay. Because at the end of the day, (laughs) who we are and how we function, girl. Listen, it 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 is different. We're all different. And I think that we be looking at our human differences as being like, oh, it's something wrong with me. Girl, I completely understand. But yeah, Yeah, you said like you you were talking about how you amaze yourself and how like sometimes see how I came back.
1: See? (laughs) Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so basically, um, I was getting ready and a song came on that, that spoke to me because I, I realized that when I get ready, I need to play music. I need something to stimulate me so that I can move forward within my day, because if I don't, social media will grab my attention. That's why I had to delete Instagram and Twitter. I, I downloaded Instagram again, so I could um, promote this. And also I wanted to just get back on Instagram, but (laughs) I deleted it for like a couple weeks because I realized it was, it was causing some stagnation within my routine. So when I wake up, I play music. And once I play songs, um, they help, they help me, like they help stimulate me. And so when I was down bad, getting ready, I played a song and it resonated with, it resonated with me. And I was like, oh, Wow. And I started crying, my crybaby self started crying. And not boohooing, of course, but like, you know, a tear shed. And it was so funny because the next song that played song, you know how Apple plays some songs you don't have on your thing already? It was this right. song called Saltwater. And mm. the girl on the cover literally had fat, glittery tears falling down her face. And I looked at the I looked at the lyrics and it basically was like, my tears come falling basically like and I was like wow because I had just found out that salt water is actually very cleansing um that's why I started using Epsom salt in my showers yes I found out that some even some holy water is made just salt water that's been prayed over like yes I had realized wow like this is just like a comforting sign from my guides like telling me basically it was it was a comforting moment like I felt like okay it's okay like everything's going to be okay basically like things like that like moments like that caused me to really like see like okay I'm really not alone in this like whether my family member tells me whether I see it on Twitter or through a song or through anything like it's really those moments that make me appreciate and show even much more gratitude for my ancestors for God you know that There is a metaphysical, you know, this is a metaphysical place. And these like communication is it ain't just in the 3D, baby. Like, no, we get dreams. We get messages through, you know, through whatever medium we have, whether it be through your phone, through tarot cards, through TV, through another person. Like, yes, there's always yeah, they're always communicating to me. So that's why I'm so grateful and sometimes people think I'm crazy. I might tell somebody that's not really into what I'm into and they're like, okay, girl. like, Right, like sure. Yeah, you got a message from God, okay. And it's right. so funny because I literally <laughs> used to be the same way when like Christian folk would be like, yes, God came to me last night in a dream or God <laughs> came to me. I used to be like, lady, you are straight up lying. That God ain't say nothing to you, okay? You ain't hear nobody say, because I don't hear nobody. Mm. So it was kind of like, I felt a doubt, I felt, I doubted her because I doubted myself, like I doubted Mm -hmm. that spiritual relationship with God because I didn't hear, no. I didn't get no messages. I felt like I wasn't getting any messages so I felt like she was lying. But that's how I realized a lot of people can feel when they hear me speak about it with so much conviction and they hear me say like, oh, I had a dream or I had a premonition about something or I got a message, I got intuition. So I'm just grateful that my, ever since I've been building this bond that my spiritual gifts have strengthened and I'm just trying to use them to the best of my ability to be honest okay yes no it's so true and you brought up so
0: many so many beautiful points because you know we may think that like you know oh wow like why am I crying because of this song girl it's been some songs that have come on that have done the same thing that I will literally cry because I'm like wow this song is literally speaking to a part of my of my soul and a part of my journey that you know can't only can that can only be felt you know sometimes through a song like right. for real like music is so important and music and song is so important to our culture as african descendant people like music is a very important and indigenous people all over the world like music is very important to us. So, I definitely feel you. And it's so interesting even, even that you brought up like phones and like music and like Spotify shuffles. And this is why I think that we we should really understand that like African spiritual traditions, you know, they are they are scientific. Literally. And they are electromagnetic. And when we think about physics and all of these things that, you know, Western science are talking about oh, physics and the metaphysics, we now know that things can be passed down in your DNA. We now know <laughs> as African people, we already knew that You from, right. because of our connection to spirit. You know, people think people used to think of the West thinks of spirit as being something that is you know superstitious and a lot of us may grow up thinking that it's superstitious and we hear things in the media that like oh it's superstitious but we realize that this actually isn't superstitious this is actually a a, a reality this is actually a science this is actually really electromagnetic like right yo like and and I will always say and I always say that you know ancestral veneration to me is a form of time travel To me, because I feel like I feel like, you know, if I'm in this room right now, right, and Mm -hmm. say I'm in this room right now and say I am giving you an intuitive reading or say I'm a medium Mm -hmm. and, you know, you come to me and you're like, girl, I need some help. I've been feeling this connection with my ancestors. I'm telling you, your (laughs) ancestors will you will be where you are. You will be across the world. Your ancestors will be in my room. Your ancestors wow. will come to my room if I say your name, I call on you, I call on your ancestors. Guess what? They will be in my room. Right. So so if we think about space and time in that way, you think about, well, damn, they just travel. If they were just in her room, right? They travel how many, how many miles? How many, how many, how much time was that? But they're now, I physically feel their energy currently in this space to me that is a form of of time traveling and I think that you know to think about it like that is to recognize and understand even like the science and the electromagnetic and the metaphysical you know just the scientific part of our traditions because I realized that like wow how can it be that I'm here and someone else is there and I can still do it how is it how is it that you know I'm here, and then someone who on, who's on Twitter, right, I don't know how far away is kind of like saying a message that's speaking literally to me. Like when she pulled, like my ancestors know that I follow this person on this, you know, el- uh, um electric device, mm-hmm. this social media device, and in them knowing that I, I'm following this person, They, they, they were there, or they, they knew that I would see X, Y, and Z, and this is the message that I received. You get what I'm saying? It's like when you think about it, you'll be like, "Huh? This is a very like complex, scientific, and just just magical and beautiful process." Mm -hmm. And and it's important for us to tap into because it's. I follow some astrologers and some spirit women who I they they I know I physically know. Like, I know that they are picking up on my energy because Literally. I am a part of essentially like their collective. When you tap into us, we all have frequencies. So when you tap into a certain frequency, right, you're able to you're able to get signals and that person vice versa. You know, like I feel like
1: it's it's really real. Like that's it's how so I, real. Yes. That's Girl, how I was like, watching a reading. I was mm-hmm. watching a reading. It's this girl I always watch. I love her. Cause she like really always, I feel like she always taps into what I relate with. And of course we're all people and we all go through similar things. So she can tap into what they relate to as well. But when I tell you, she said, I'm picking up on the name Simone and Courtney. I'm like, bro, that's my middle name. And that's my sister's name. Like
2: what? That's like, wild. And then Sweet. she was,
1: she was picked, like she was literally explaining my entire situation. And I was like, wow, this shit is not fake. This shit cannot be fake." this shit is more real than some of the stuff I done read, okay? Like, I really feel it. It's all real. Seriously, it really is. it's funny that you mentioned time travel because I was literally just thinking about this the other day. Since a little kid, I've had an obsession. I'm such a geek on the low, but, like, I've had an obsession with time travel. Like, since I was a kid, I would read books about kids, time traveling, and having to do these little missions back in the day. I'm obsessed with, like, I don't know, like, I always felt like I wanted time travel back, like, into different, like, different, you know, times, and things like that, and I don't know if that's because I like, like, history, and I like to know about my history, and other histories, and things like that, but I just feel like it's all connected, and I've always, it's like, it's this show on Netflix called Dark, you should watch it.
0: Oh, I'm gonna definitely tap in, because I love is it like a sci-fi type situation? Yeah, it's like a sci-fi. I girl, I love <laughs> me some sci-fi. Okay, yeah. I love it. Don't I don't care what the context is. I would be into. It. I would be like, what is it? Let me just check it out to see what they talk about. <laughs> I just love it. I'm gonna yeah. definitely tap into it. But no, you're right. You're you're right. You know what I'm saying? And I feel you because, you know, it's real. It's so real. Um, and it's important that we tap into that. And in us tapping into our ancestors. Again, we are time traveling and us following the guidance and if you want to ask like, OK, where what what practices did my did you all practice like what like any like any questions that you have, you can literally like ask it and it'll come mm-hmm. you feel me, to you in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so important. and Nothing is a coincidence. You right. Know? It's, nothing is a coincidence. It seems, oh, this is ironic or this is it everything happens people say it and it's so cliche yeah it sounds cliche but when you when you have when you're tapped into a certain context it becomes real like everything does happen for a reason you feel me Mm -hmm. and you really pay attention you know to the signs you have to pay attention so just to and it's um, so funny because you want (laughs) to
1: ever since I like started like watching different tarot like tarot card readers and just spiritualists like some of them aren't don't even like classify themselves as tarot card readers they just use the cards as a medium to communicate they are spiritualists they are you know African yeah literally (laughs) and um she they went while they do readings they'll like hear different things in the room like whether it be um a, a ring or a bell like a car honk or something like that 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 has influenced me to pick up or on my surroundings like just my ears have opened so much like when I was in a grocery store and I walked past and I'm I'm not even trying to focus on someone's conversation and what someone says jumps out and I hear it and I'm like oh snap that was a message like literally the the lady said everything happens for a reason while I was walking by and I'm like message like (laughs) literally (laughs) did you hear (laughs) that was spirit okay because Literally, me yes. and my friend, when we was in a grocery store, we was talking about one of our situations. And the lady, while we was walking by, she was talking to her daughter or whoever she was talking to. And she said, everything happens for a reason as soon as we was walking by. And I was like, wow, spirit is always communicating. Like, I was just like, wow, that's another moment. Yes. You just have to listen. When
0: you when you take the time to listen, you'll, you'll really be able to to hear and receive so many messages like it's 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 real and it's it's only about you taking that time to listen just how you said when you were here like different christian folk like oh god came to me in a dream last night or i had this dream or i had this message you like lady you ain't hear nothing right and mm-hmm. then you think about it now like wow maybe she could have because it's it's moments now that i'm hearing things and i'm getting messages from the creator that i didn't hear before that i'm hearing now and it's like you know it's it's all about you listening and being open because you know a lot of folk don't take the time to be still and when you take the time to be still open yourself up to listening and open yourself up to be guided so much everything becomes you know a message you feel me and it's mm-hmm. and it's important to pay attention because we live in a world that seeks to distract us oh wow and always shapes a form you know and we don't we may not think of it as being that serious but is that serious so being able to listen and being able to pay attention is major and it's key so I definitely I definitely feel that um I definitely feel that and just to just to keep the conversation going you know I I I had a couple questions even thinking about like shadow work do you feel like you can practice African ancestral veneration and not do shadow work
1: Uh uh-uh it's it's not possible Like Shadow, it, I feel like it won't, it won't feel, you won't, I feel like if you don't do this shadow work, you're not going to be able to even have certain connections because mm-hmm. literally how can you work with your ancestors if you haven't worked with yourself? Like, mm-hmm. how can you, how can you focus on another relationship when you haven't focused on a relationship with yourself? That's like with anything they say, you can't even get into your, your partnership with another person, romantic or uh, platonic is not going to be the best if you haven't worked on a relationship with yourself. So I just feel like that comes with any relationship regarding living people or your deceased ancestors. Um, We should always be working to heal our traumas. And like you said, our ancestors live within us. So we share certain traumas. So by addressing those traumas and working on it through ourselves, we're working on it through with them. So yeah, I just feel like you cannot... You cannot sweep stuff, your trauma under the rug, you know, keep burying it in your subconscious because it will come back to hurt you. I mean, it's not like malicious intent, but that's just naturally what's going to happen. Like you can't always escape certain things because it'll show up in your dreams or in the present without with your actions with, um, you know, in the outcomes of your life. So, no, I just feel like that's not possible because when. I feel like shadow work was the beginning of my journey of ancestral veneration. Mm. Um, That's what they were. They were yeah, going together very closely. I feel like Like once I was going through my shadow work, it's, it's, it's digging deep within those parts of yourself that you don't want to face. It's depression. It's jealousy. It's envy. It's anxiety. It's insecurity. It's doubt. It's, it's, it's laziness. It's, fear it's you know not feeling good enough not feeling like you're worth anything or you know able to pursue your passion different things like that like all of that is what you have to work on within shadow work so that you can uplift yourself and able to uplift your ancestors and work together to uplift your future generations and bloodline and your even your past generation for those people in your in your past who have deceased your ancestors who weren't able to do the shadow work who weren't able to, you know, have the emotional strength to focus on themselves, they probably had to focus on surviving in the living present, you know, they probably didn't even have the time to focus on how to get out of, the, you know, of doubt, fear, depression, and anger, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, so now that we maybe have, you know, the basic survival, we have a shelter, we have running water, we have things like that, we're able to, you know, put the phone down, put the distractions away, the Netflix, the social media, so that we can tend to ourselves and meditate and, you know, get to the root of our issues, our childhood traumas. What are those things? Like, that's what I did. I literally started journaling. Like, I noticed that when I was younger, my mom would um, influence me to journal and read. I loved reading because of her. Like, she would help me read. She would read stories to me. Um, She would. I would write poems and make up stories. So I always had a connection to writing. So I, that's something I tapped back into because I found my old journal that I used to write in and I was reading it and I just, it warmed my heart because I felt, I felt a connection with little me, like little Aiden, like my inner child, like, oh my gosh, like, this is what I wrote when I was at that age. This is how I felt like I should keep doing this so that I can feel this way when I get older and look back on my experiences and my journey and have it documented. So I literally just started writing what I felt like I'm writing to a diary as a little kid, like, hey, diary, this is what happened today. This is how I felt, you know, and then I would also give gratitude and thank God. Like, thank you, God, for waking me up. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you for opportunities, you know, manifestations, affirmations. And I noticed that before I can even like write my to do list in my journal or write what I want to get done or goals I literally have to do my little affirmation my prayer like write it down because it's like an extra boost like an energy boost I don't know like it really gets me like pumped so that is what helped me through my shadow work like I would just write down ask myself certain questions like how do I feel like different adjectives like negative adjectives positive ones like um what do I feel is hindering me from what I'm doing now? When I was younger, how did I feel at certain moments? You know, like, how do I feel about my relationship with my mom? What do I think stopped that? You know, like, why do I feel like she acts this way? You know, her, even figuring out her trauma, because, you know, our parents, they have a they have their own traumas as well, you know? So I had to kind of, like, reparent my mom. Like, I, I think of her as, like, a little kid in a trench coat. Like, so I can't even get mad at her for certain stuff now, because I know she didn't have she didn't have that um, capability or she wasn't introduced to that so that she could work on her her trauma, her family traumas and her shadow work. So it's like just a bunch of healing, to be honest, like healing, healing, healing for yourself, for your parents, for your siblings. And it's a lot of work, but it's a great return. Like you really get so much fulfillment out of it. Um, yeah, they go hand in hand. You cannot not practice um, ancestral veneration without doing the shadow work. Yes, yes, yes. I
0: think that that answered um, our sister Maria's question. She said, wait, can you explain a bit on shadow work? And I think Ada did a great job with, with talking about it. Basically, it's you asking yourself those questions. You know, we think about the shadow aspects of ourselves, those unknown parts of ourselves that or subconscious parts of ourselves we don't want to address, right? Like it's literally us taking the time to question that. It's us taking the time to look at that. It's us taking the time to look at, like Aiden said, the envy, the jealousy, the the pain, the the, the trauma, the, the insecurities, our, our feelings of unworthiness. It's us looking at it and saying, okay, why? Where did this come? Why did, why do I feel like this? Where did this come from? And what can I do to get out of it? What can I do to overcome it? Because you can't ignore it, but you can't keep it being, you can't allow it to just be a part of You can't allow it to dictate your life. You can't allow it to, you know, become all of who you are. The things that happen to us are lessons. And if we don't take it as lessons, then we will never be able to truly, you know, grow and excel and evolve because we have to allow things to process through us. So that's that's what it is you know no problem so um we have our listener alisa who wants to to come on did you want to ask a question did you mean to request because i know we have some folks who have some questions we can definitely okay yes okay so we're going to invite alisa on she has some questions um and we're looking forward to you know
2: hearing yes alisa hey girls hey (laughs) So I was talking to a friend. Well, I guess. No, let me start over. Thank you for allowing me to speak (laughs) and hosting this. And now to rewind back to what I was saying, I was talking to a friend a few days ago and we were speaking on journaling and how like I don't know about where y'all were raised. But in North Carolina, where I went to school, we would get graded on our journals. And that kind of took me away from journaling because, one, I can't write what I'm thinking and like five minutes at the beginning of class. Like I just saw my friends in the hallway. My mind is busy. And two, it's like, you're giving me a topic that I genuinely don't care about. So it's just like that shied me away from journaling so much because I always thought I had to journal a specific type of way. But now that I've done the work and I continue to do the work, I'm realizing like it's literally whatever I want it to be. Like my journal is my playground. Excuse me. And I feel like as a child, I didn't necessarily get that creative freedom as much as I should have because of how the school systems are. That's what I wanted to say, but it would have took forever to type.
0: <laughs> no, I completely understand.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel you on that about um, the graded journaling. I remember I think I remember in school we had to like um, do journals in class and they would also grade them. I and I never I didn't. The journals in class, I feel the same way as you. I didn't really put my all into those journals. Um, I'm also out of breath because I just ran upstairs real quick. So please don't mind me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I definitely feel you on that. Um, Journals literally are what you make it. And it's so funny you mentioned that because being a journal as your playground. Because in my discovery of me having ADHD, I looked up this book called The Bullet Journal. And it's this guy who wrote it. He has ADHD as well. But he basically explains the journal for um, the bullet journal as being like a free form journal because people with ADHD struggle with like organization in certain ways. Like we, the, the regular planners where it's like pretty like strict and we don't really like, you know, order in that way. Like we kind of are like not all over the place, but we like have our own way of doing things. So it's, it's like gridded. So you can, you can organize it to how you want. Like you can, doodle on one page and draw and sketch on one page or you can make one page a to-do list or you can um just express your feelings on one page about what happened for the day or you know so as long as you make it your own it's literally your own spiritual journey your own self your journal book so yeah you you can kind of like do it how you want and be able to feel more comfortable you know expressing yourself and how you feel you can put affirmations, anything, anything that you want in your journal. Yes, for sure. I realized like
0: growing up that, you know, journaling was something that I definitely did. Even writing poems was something that I did. Like I would go on my notes or I would write on my notebook. And I would, I looked at some of my journals before and I'm like, wow, even as like a young girl, like I would. I would just like write how I was feeling down and in me reflecting back on it I was like I was feeling a lot like I was I was going through a lot and it had to do with identity and self-worth and you know self-love and like even like romantic relationships and you know we're young but at the same time like being able to process that is important and as we get older we realize like some of these same practices they come back, you know, and sometimes even with these practices, like, we may not, you know, we may need to find new mediums, because I found that in journaling, right, we, or I've noticed that it doesn't feel the same anymore, like, journaling for me, I used to do it so much, and then I find myself, like, feeling so much that I feel like I don't even have the time to journal almost, if that makes sense. Like, I feel, I think, like, just how Alisa, like, she felt, like, her story and what she wanted to share with us, it was too much to just type in the chat. She needed to come on and speak, right? I feel like I'm in a place in my life where it's like, I have to find new mediums. And that can be through different things, like painting. It could be yoga and movement. It could be breath. It can literally be talking to your ancestors and having a cup of tea like it could be you know scribbling in your journal it can be like how Aiden said like instead of you know writing oh dear diary like how we did when we were younger we're actually going in on our going to our our bullet journals and we're you know just we're drawing maps right of where our thoughts are taking us or quotes of you know that we've been thinking about you know on a daily like just Yes, Elisa, like she, like you said, like different forms of meditation. Yes, because essentially, you know, you journaling is a form of med- meditation. So, you know, it, 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 it progresses as we get older, right? It, it, it grows as we get older. So, you know, these different practices of, of shadow work are also, they are also forms of meditation. And as you get older, they may shift and they may change and you may find yourself going back to an old medium because, you know, painting doesn't feel the same, right? Or, like, yoga doesn't feel the way that it needs. So like, I, my body, you know, like, I still need to stretch and I still need to get into with my breath. But, you know, even though I use this as a form of meditation instead of journaling, maybe I need to get back into writing, right? So, it's like, you know, really being in tune with yourself. Like, that's what it boils down to and being honest with yourself and figuring out, I realize, in what ways are you allowing energy to flow through you you know like in what ways are you allowing things to flow through you because at the end of the day that is what journaling is about that is what you know even expressing yourself to your ancestors is about that's what crying is about okay that's what taking showers meditative showers is about that's what even like you know spiritually bathing smudging it's allowing sometimes, right, depending on how you engage with it, it's about allowing things to flow through you, so you find in those new ways, um, they shift and they change, you know, so I definitely, I definitely um resonate with what y'all are saying, and I realize, you know, that they, it's changed for me, you know, like, but I value the ways that journaling does work, because it's some things that I, I have to just, I have to journal. I feel like I need to take account of this, this space in my life. Like, even when it comes to dreaming, like, I'm realizing, like, if I don't journal, like, my day-to-day or something that ha- that happens to me, and I'd rather speak it out, I'm realizing that I need a dream journal, you know? Like, I feel like that's something that I need to dedicate time and space to more than, you know, my day-to-day, right? So, yeah, it shifts and it changes. It shifts and it changes. I want to get into, you know, our, one of our last questions, right, our last couple of questions, but um, a lot of it boils down, a lot of these, the questions and where we're headed is, you know, how did you get over or how are you getting over like other people's perceptions about, you know, your practice of African ancestral, you know, veneration, you know, or, like, what's some advice that you would give folk who are of the diaspora or folk who are of Indigenous ancestry who are tapping, like, back into, you know, ancestral honoring practices?
1: Okay, so, of course, my first people that I had to, not had to, but that I had an encounter with about. my new practice was my mother (laughs) because I still live with my mother and, um, I had set up an altar. Eventually I set up an altar in the family room and it's like on top of this tall shelf. It's like the movie shelf, but, um, it's so funny because my mom like decorates the family, like down here in the family room, there's like different African little sculptures or like, Matt, like you know just decorations around the family room. I'm like oh this would be the perfect space <laughs> so I set up my altar there and she was like what are you doing like you know she's originally Christian and she she actually stopped going to church a long time ago but she still has a Christian background so she was kind of like off put a bit when she first saw that I had an altar and that I had candles and I told her that I was venerating my ancestors and praying with them and um praying to God and them as well. She was kind of like off put because it felt a little occultish to her. Like, you know, she thought it was she's like, witchcraft. What's that? Witchcraft. So I had to kind of basically give her the background of what I was doing. Little little history, um, little history session. Not not too lengthy, but I explained it to her. Um and I let I let her know that it wasn't anything um to be afraid of. It wasn't anything Demonic. Um, it wasn't anything that she she didn't know to be already be true because you know many religions have altars. Many religions um, uplift their ancestors. I said, "Mom, a funeral is a, a ceremony, a ritual ceremony of ancestral veneration."s You know, like people go to their grandmother's graves and leave roses and you know pray to their grandma at the grave. That's an ancestral veneration. But this is just another form. So that's that's what I let her know and. I um, let my sisters know as well. I didn't go too deep, you know, at first because I didn't want to overwhelm her. Um, I gave it to her in bits and pieces and she slowly but surely has become accustomed. She actually loves what I'm doing now. She even, like, buys me offerings. Like, she'll buy candy that she knows my grandma liked because that was her grandma too, so. That's so sweet. Yeah, it was so adorable. Like, she came home every day like, oh, here's some candies for your um, altar because I know Grandma Matt used to like those candies. I'm like, oh. Mom, thank you. Like she even bought me my first tarot deck. so her her percep her per- perception has changed so much ever since I have been you know educating her about this. Um, so I would just say, don't let other people's opinions, you know, deflect you from your practice because like like we said, this is a self spiritual journey this this journey is very, you know it's it's about you and your journey with your ancestors and it's about your family as well. but don't let their opinions or your friends or anyone else dictate how you feel and how your journey should go. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, you gotta have faith in your path. So all you can do is either hope they receive you and what you're saying. And if they don't want to learn about it, that's cool that that's their own spiritual journey. But that's what I do. I just, I, I know what is true to me. I live in my truth. You know, my experiences with this practice have been too surreal for anyone else to be able to, to convince me otherwise or deny me of it so because I'm so strong in faith with it that's what kind of helped them realize like oh this is kind of like this is it this is where it's at I want I want to alter now I want to venerate my ancestors I want to get connected with my root because that's a problem with a lot of especially like black people we are disconnected from our roots you know or anyone who is indigenous and their parents may have, may have a um, different you know religion or western religion you know you may feel just disconnected to your ancestors so this is something that they all ended up appreciating at the end of the day like I've had my friends say Aiden it's thanks to you I started like praying to my ancestors and honoring them and and now I feel like I feel a shift you know like I feel a spiritual shift within myself and my life like and so I'm just I'm grateful that they were able to receive it like that so yeah
0: Yes, that is so beautiful. And I love it, too. Elisa said I love it. And I love it, too, because that's what this is about. It's about allowing, you know, folk into, like, insight into our practices and and, and creating conversation around, you know, indigenous and African spiritual practices. Because, you know, there's an intolerance of our practices simply because, you know, it is African, you know, and it is, you know, indigenous. And I think that's why we have to get down to the the, the root of what our practices are and allow us to understand our travels and allow us to understand the ways that these practices have influenced the world in ways that ancestral veneration, it actually is all around us. If we look at the dollar bill, that's honestly a form of ancestral veneration. Mm -hmm. They're venerating you know, like this this society and this system is what venerating their ancestors or their forefathers, right? Through the money that they that right. that that's created that for this mountain. system. Yeah, exactly. That is a form of ancestral veneration, right? So it's that's why you know tapping into your ancestral lineage and like you said, understanding what your grandmother like. Right? How did your grandmother live her life? How did her mother live her life? How Mm -hmm. was your grandfather? Who were the people that are a part of your bloodline? Mm -hmm. Right? Understanding, going back to in the beginning of the show, like in order for you to know your travels and know where you come from and know what you're returning to, you have to know yourself and know your ancestry. And that is how you can understand your travels. Because some of us, I realized, you know, we hear dominant, you know, forms of African spiritual traditions or indigenous spiritual traditions. And we try to jump on a particular, you know, path or jump on a particular spiritual tradition, not recognizing and understanding that, you know, we have to honor our ancestors first. And in us honoring our ancestors first, we will be led back to what systems are, you know, meant for us, because even in the beginning, Aiden, you talked about how, you know, your parents are Ethiopian, your mother is Ethiopian, right, and they were, they were Christians, right, and you talked about the ways that you felt disconnected, you know, coming here, right, and realizing that the Christianity that they practiced was Western, And you never know, you may take a trip back to Ethiopia, you may learn more about the ways that Christianity functions in Ethiopia, or the African origins of Christianity, right? And and you may come to a whole different idea, you may be pulled to a whole different tradition, but it's in you recognizing and understanding your ancestry that you are able to trace their lineage back trace your travels and really be able to understand yourself on a deeper level and that's what this is about it's about you understanding yourself on a deeper level it's about you getting closer to yourself and it's about you getting you know closer to the creator and you know i want to i want to asked this last question and I knew that the last questions that I asked you I want to ask you before we close out how has this practice of an African ancestral veneration brought you closer to the creator or God or the divine or the universe however you may understand it and your highest self
1: and then from there we can close out Okay. So, um, this practice has brought me closer to myself because one, the shadow work, like the shadow work was so like monumental within my self growth journey, self spiritual journey. Like once I I, like, it was a combination of so many things like dreams, just things happening in my life, people being removed from my life, different people coming into my life. Um, clarity, like, You know, different things like stages, like depression, you know, healing, um, going from insecurity to self-love, you know, that whole journey within like growing, just growing and wanting to be a better better person, um, learning to set boundaries with people, like not being a people pleaser, like just not neglecting myself, sticking up for myself and my needs, um, focusing on what I need to do to better myself. That is what really is. To basically the ultimate goal is just to be better every day so that I can help other people and just help my family, help my future generation. That's basically like my my goal in life is to just always be able to help people and help myself and help my family and friends. Um, so I feel like that is why it has brought me a closer um, relationship to God and my spiritual journey because every day I'm I'm being better every I'm I'm more mindful of my actions, I'm mindful of my thought patterns and how my thought patterns influence my behaviors and how my behaviors influence the outcome of my life. You know, that's literally life. Life our lives are outcomes of our actions and our thoughts and our beliefs. So me believing that there is a God, me believing that my ancestors are here to help me and I'm here to help them, me believing that um I can change the circumstances of my life and that I have power, that I have control, is really the thing that brought us closer because I feel so much more powerful. That was one of the things that I dealt with like growing up. I just felt not in control, you know, just controlled by others, controlled by the school system, controlled by my parents, controlled by people, you know, just walking over me. I just felt like I wasn't in control. So, this has really just brought me a lot of self-control, you know, self-realization, self-awareness, you know, just being aware of my emotions, knowing that my emotions don't make who I am, they can pass, they come and go, knowing that my emotions don't have to affect my behavior, you know, I don't have to self-sabotage. You know, just being more mindful, being present within myself, within my body, my mind, my soul, my life. It influences how I act, how I think, and what decisions I make, which influences my life. And my life has become much better because of that. I'm not saying, oh, I got a million dollar house now or I got a brand new car because I just started answering. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying how I deal with my circumstances, how I deal with my obstacles that come in my life, how I deal with my own my own wars within myself. It's so much easier now. Like it's, I'm at ease, like I have inner peace. I have inner knowing, I have intuition because I know that I am not alone. I have a support system. on the metaphysical realm and on the physical realm like it has helped me strengthen relationships with my family with my friends I have been able to set boundaries and eliminate those people who don't want the best for me or who might be influencing me in the wrong ways or um I'm not being able to stick up for myself around them I'm just I'm just more in control I'm more powerful now so that's how ancestral veneration has helped me it has helped me gain my own power back I'm able to call my energy back and pour into myself so yeah I feel like I'm stronger than ever yes
0: that resonates so 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 much and I'm so grateful for you like for real because I definitely feel like that's one of the major 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 lessons that I learned in this practice as well it really and truly allow me to call my power back because there was a time in my life where I really would let people walk over me Mm -hmm. I would let people play with me joke on me in ways that weren't funny but actually like disrespectful I wouldn't look at myself as being worthy right I wouldn't I didn't love myself you know Mm -hmm. as much as I needed to and it was through the practice of you know ancestral veneration and it was through the practice of my ancestors guiding me on my path to you know seeing my work seeing my power guiding me to different people guiding me to have different conversations having people be guided to me right that i was able to realize like wow i'm not alone Right, and everything that I have you know done up until this point to love myself deeper to embrace my power every every conversation that I've had in my journal, every cry that I've had at my altar, every prayer that I sent up to the creator every every power or manifestation or or form of life that I sent to you know my ancestors, it is indeed helping me on the metaphysical realm and the physical realm and it is indeed allowing me to be a better person and it's allowing me to be more principled it's allowing me to be more you know um moral it's allowing me to be more clear more focused right and it's allowing me to really like call my power back. And and in his honesty and I honestly feel that not only has me tapping into ancestral veneration done all of these things. I feel like it has all it does have the capacity to save your life. And it has the capacity to also like stop you if you believe in reincarnation because in African traditional spiritual systems, reincarnation is very real. And if you believe that if you don't get it right, you will come back again. I truly believe that African ancestral veneration can help you release that, help you release karmic debt. It can stop you from being able to come back on this planet again if that's not a part of your path or if that's not what the creator wants or needs from you, right? Like it's it's been moments where I've been places and I've had, you know, intuitive feelings come up because one thing that you touched on throughout the show is that when you begin to venerate your ancestors, and one thing that you just touched on is that your intuitive gifts begin to heighten, right? Your intuition begins to heighten. And in you building yourself, in you doing that, working and you letting go, you begin to be more sensitive and, and feel more and see more. Your ancestors can also send you signals that can literally save your life. You may think that you need to go to this party or go down the street to this place or whatever the case may be and your ancestors may put chills put chills on you or or give you a weary feeling that makes you stop and question like "Hmm, this doesn't this doesn't feel right I shouldn't go here right this I don't think that I should be at this place or I think it's time for me to go I think it's time for me to leave like it is it's these signals and it's these it's these energies and it's it it is these spirits right who really function from a divine place whose sole purpose again is to guide you to uplift you to send you love and to make sure that you're following your, your divine destiny it is our ancestors who truly allow us to walk a more righteous path right and a more protected path and a more loving path. Like, I, I don't need a romantic relationship to show me what true love is, right? Because I experienced that true love with my ancestors. Literally. You know? <laughs> sometimes we, sometimes we don't, sometimes we don't even have relationships in our lives that are around us that show us true love. We may not have a parent to show true. We might not have a father or a mother, or 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 th- to show us true love. Or aunt. we may not have. People in our physical lives that are going to show us true love. But one thing that I realized is that African ancestral veneration showed me true love time and time and time and time again. And I know based on this relationship that no one can come in and treat me any less, any less than what I know that I'm worth. Right. And what I know that any less than what I know I need to be treated. Because my ancestors, they treat me with love. They treat me with care. They treat me with compassion. They, they push me to recognize my power. They believe in me. They guide me. They show, you know, like there's no way I can ever accept any less, you know, because my ancestors have showed me who I am and my power and my legacy and where I come from and where I'm going and where I'm headed, right? So that relationship, that's a huge shift. Especially living in a world that is full of racism, that is full of poverty, that is full of inequalities, that is full of exploitation, right? That is full of, you know, pain, that's full of fear. In a society like that, to have a a spiritual team, an army of people who are in connection with the Creator, who are messengers of the Creator to be with you and to help guide you. It's beautiful. I'm just sitting here thinking it's just like to have that support, to have that that love, like no other. It's like no other. Like they they go so hard for you. Like it's like like I can't even just I can't put it to words. And you said this too, like it's it's something that you really can't put into words, but it is felt. It's felt. So I I appreciate you all so much for listening. Um, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you all, your questions, folk who popped in, folk who popped out, and folk who are just now popping in know that this conversation is going to go up on Ayamo Radio 8. And I thank you so much. I know our ancestors are so proud and they're so happy that we connected and they're so happy that we were able to, you know, just share space and share conversation. I'm grateful for, so, for y'all so much. I'm sending you all so much love.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Tayoka, for letting me come on here and talk with you. I hope that our conversation has helped people gain some insight. I hope that it helps them with their spiritual journey and honoring their ancestors and just coming to terms with their um, self and their own spiritual journey. I'm so grateful.